and welcome once again to the Animal Enclosure, formerly the Saints Big Footy podcast. Uh, joining me in a few minutes is Neil, my name is Peter, and this week we're going to be talking about more about the trade period, uh, players that have been delisted since, uh, players that have been brought in, uh, some of the rules that the AFL are bringing in and anything else we can think of basically. If you want to get in touch with Neil or myself go to bagger2008 at outlook.com that's bagger b-a-g-g-a or lowercase and uh, give us your thoughts on how the Saints are going with their recruiting and and who you think we should draft and all those sorts of things, anything you want to talk about at all. Um, we will do another podcast in a few weeks when the draft is on. Might as well. Yep. Let's go. Okay. Uh, oh, I was supposed to make a list of all the players that we delisted. Do you remember, remember them all? Uh, I'm sure we can come up between us. We'd be able to get pretty much most of them. Hang on. If I click on there. Oh, before we start, I just want to... I've looked at the, the stats for each of the podcasts that we've done. Yes. And um, I think I told you that we're getting around 40 to 60 to well, 70, I actually. I think that's more than last time, so yep. we're doing okay. Yep, so doing all right. And I, I just wanted to mention that, remember the grand final edition that we did way back in <laughs> January, yeah. February, March, April, I think it was? Uh, yeah. 38 people downloaded and listened to it. Uh, <laughs> so, we didn't do too bad. No, we, we, uh, we did. We did well. Yeah, you know the unbeaten through the grand final. We went quite a few matches where we where we won. That was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And we made the finals, so you know it wasn't bad. Pretty good effort. Yes. Oh, finals, excellent. Yeah. Um, as as we discussed last time, it was like. Um, where would we have expected to finish? We were probably somewhere between 10 and 12. So yeah. um, to finish six, and because we won the final, I think we finished fifth overall because um, West Coast lost. Yeah. Okay, I've yeah. caught up the uh, the Saints um, the Saints team from uh, on the Saints uh, Saints squad, I should say. Yeah, the ones delisted. Uh, no, this is this is just the squad, the whole squad. But okay, I've got I've got here who has left and who has arrived. All right, well you, you read them out first. Okay, so uh, we've got Nathan Brown, who's retired. We've got Dalton Langlands delisted, Ryan Abbott delisted, Jack Bell delisted, Jack Mayo delisted. Logan Austin delisted, Matt Parker delisted, Nick Hind, who's been traded to Essendon, 
Ed Phillips has been delisted, as has Jonathan Marsh. Yeah. Any of, those, any of those you, are you surprised about? Well, um, the AFL had um, your best 22 players, and I noticed that Nick Hind has been put in the Essendon team as <laughs> being one of the players who, who would be part of their best 22. Yeah. And, you know, it's nice to think that a player that we didn't think could get a game with us can go to another club and be considered one of their better players. Yeah. It, it means we're heading in the right direction. Yeah, I think so. I think, in all fairness, I the only one that I was really disappointed about was Parker. But yes, given his age and the fact that Higgins is now in the squad and we've got Loney and Kent, uh, the chances of him getting the game were going to be pretty slim. So... Yes, yep, I thought that too. Um, I think Ryan Abbott asked to be delisted. I think he, he like he played that game, he kicked the goal. Yeah. And I think he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, I don't know enough about Jack Bell. Um, no. Langlands and Austin. Uh, I think Austin came from Port. Yep. And we chased him. So that's uh, people must have gone past him. Yeah. I, I, I probably coffee off. I think because of uh, at the time we were uh, desperate for a, a tall defender, and um, he was like the about the only guy that they could get. You know, we we certainly weren't a destination club at the time, and uh, he was the best we could get. And unfortunately. Uh, you know, guys like Howard and that have come along since. And, uh, yeah, I don't think Austin was realistically going to get a game unless we get devastated by injuries, which we don't hope, yeah. of course. But We hope not. No. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm glad Claravino is still on the list at the moment. Yes. Uh, I was going to say Ed Phillips, he played a couple of good games or had bursts in games. Yeah. And Jonathan Marsh did everything that he possibly could to play for AFL football. Yeah. So whenever he was called upon, like, you know, I'm going to throw him the ruck against, like, a, an established ruck, I'd give it my best shot. Yeah. I need you to play forward, I'd give it my best shot. Defence, not a problem, I, I will try. And I read somewhere where uh, win or loss, he was always there to greet the Saints players as they came off the field. Yeah. And I... I think that was something that Brett Ratton saw and acknowledged and, and just thought, yes, it was certainly, good um, Yeah, he was certainly well-liked. I think the problem is that the, the list sizes are getting reduced yes. and um, players, like, players like Marsh and probably even Langlands in the past would have been there for another year at least. Um, yes. And, you know, and just I, for like backup your- and stuff. I like your post about, you know, surely you don't just go, like, midway through trade week and say, by the way, this is how many players that you can have. Yeah. Surely you're a professional organisation, and I think you may have referred to um, fattening their wallets at AFL House at the expense of the clubs. Yeah. Um, Perhaps they needed to... 
perhaps they did. I don't know, but yeah, perhaps if they sort of pulled the belt in a bit tighter, that there might have been an extra player or two that stayed on the list. Yeah, um, well, I did read that that at that stage, this is about a month ago, that nobody at AFL uh, management have lost yeah. their jobs so far and they yeah. all got free tickets and free places to stay up in Queensland for the grand final. Yes. So, you know, that's where they should be making cutbacks. Yeah. Yeah. It, yes, but... Um, I guess with uh, reduced revenue, with uh, games not being played, that uh, there's not been the money. And, and a lot of these guys who've been delisted, if we'd had a second team, they, they'd be still playing. Yeah. Or um, they would have had the chance to push their case to another club to say, you need a, a defender, I'm here. Exactly. Uh, but there's no form. And, and it's like with the draft of which we've got picks 21, 64, 67, 74 and 93, um, our pick at 21 could be just as good as the one we gave to Richmond at pick 17 because yeah. I think that after the first five or six, it could be a bit of a, you know, lucky dip. Yeah, because it's basically going to be on uh, the kids' history and whatever scratch matches they played during the year. Will they have a draft combine where they go and show how high they can jump and kick? Well, I saw some pictures on um, uh, AFL site, I think. Yeah, it was on the AFL site, uh, of, of something like that happening, but whether it was only interstate or whether... The Victorian boys went into state to do it. I don't know. I didn't. Uh, yes. I, yep. I usually uh, don't like reading the AFL um, stories because <laughs> they're so stupid and poorly written. Did you, did you see the best 22 for the AFL clubs? They said, and there's one team, and we couldn't fit the captain in. Uh. Yeah, that'll be the same. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was. Yes. Yeah, I also saw, um, who was it? Was it Adelaide? Oh, I can't, oh, now, now I can't remember. It was either Adelaide or Port, one of those two, I think, um, that they managed to put somebody on the halfback flank and also had them on the bench as well. <laughs> I did not see that. Yeah, was, uh, I can't remember the name. It was a young guy, but... Um, yes, yeah, very talented. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, it's pretty poor when you're, you know, the the AFL site and you make a mistake like that. That's yeah. You and I could do it. Yeah. That's not a problem. Yeah. But if your job is 100% covering the AFL, covering the teams, yeah, I don't think that's um, forgivable. That should be a yep. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And uh, and of course we got in Higgins. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, Kraut and uh, McKernan, who's obviously just going to be back up since Abbott's no longer there. Yes, and I laughed when I read that um, Jack Higgins is looking forward to working with Jay Gresham, who, when he was a work experience student, <laughs> got to tag around with him. 
that's when you start to feel old. Yeah, yeah. When he's talking when about was... old Jade Gresham. <laughs> <laughs> I used to see kids that I taught that would come up to school with their own kids, and it was like, oh, uh. God. <laughs> this shouldn't be happening. It should not be happening. Oh, Yes, I did. I laughed out loud at that yeah. experience with Dave Gresham. So he, he must have done time at the club. And um, um, I think, like you said in one of the posts, he, he must walk taller if he's playing for the club than yeah. he for as a kid. Yeah. I, I believe in that. Yes. Yeah. I think, I mean, look at Max King, for example. Um, yeah. And, and Higgins and any other any other player that ends up playing for the club that they grew up loving, that yes, it has to make a difference somewhere along the line, doesn't it? Because it's yes, you know, like if I was any good, which I wasn't, but if I was yeah. any good and was picked up by a club, um, yep. my heart wouldn't have been in it as much if it in another club. I mean, you'd still be professional and everything. But yes. if I was picked up by the Saints, it'd be such a thrill. And, yes. you know, I'd do anything at all, even if they said we're not going to pay you anything. I'd say, I'll pay for free. But, uh, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah so. And, and uh, you know, like, if you're required to sort of put your body on the line to keep the ball in the forwards, you would be trying to smother every single ball. Exactly. And, and I'm sure that there are some players again. If it goes down, so it'll come back. It's, it's no, I'm, I'm not going to throw myself on the dude. Yeah. Um, uh, now, rule, sorry, I was going to say rule changes. Did you see any of the rule changes they've got for next year? Uh, I, I saw some of the ones that they're talking about for the the seconds. Uh, yes. And I, I just stopped reading because I was getting so angry and I thought, this is just bullshit. It's not... Uh, not basketball or, or netball, and you have this thing where your players aren't allowed in certain areas, and every time there's a ball in, they've all got to go. To it. Oh, I mean, it's just a joke. And it's also very subjective that some umpires will give you a bit of latitude, and others will be right on top of it. Oh yeah, it'll be so, like so uh, you know when they brought in the the interchange rule and. If somebody just was like a centimetre over the line, there'd be a free kick and yes. usually a goal. And now, if you watch them, penalty. yeah. Now, if you watch them, half the time the players are running on, are running through the the thing before the other players run off and stuff. Yes. No one seems yes. to care. It's not going to affect the outcome of the game. No, not at all. Because the Swans had 19 players playing one day. Yeah. And and so instead of just saying to the Swans, well, you know, you lose your four points or you lose some percentage, they just went, well, every team. And it's like, okay. Yeah. But, you know, there were times you'd watch it and go, oh, why is that a free kick? Oh, the interchange is a bit yeah. up. It's just um, uh, overreaction. I noticed <laughs> that, and perhaps I read this Incorrectly, but I thought someone on Big Footy had said that uh, Dangerfield was a bit concerned about the reduction in the number of interchanges you could have in a game. Yeah. And also the increased length of time in the quarters. And and they also uh, posited the view that perhaps with Geelong, with 
10 or 12 people over the age of 30, they might want shorter quarters. Yeah, for and sure. And the chapters. Yeah. Um, I think this is a big roll of the dice to win a premiership next year or, or the year after because they've got a few old-timers playing. Yep. And I think we discussed that last week where you were saying, oh, I don't see Higgins. I just don't see what he's supposed to bring to football. Yeah. He's 32 and now. Been, Sean Higgins. I just didn't watch any games. but And, and I stand to be corrected, but I, I can't recall. I might even look up. Um, if he won any best and fairnesses. Uh, I'm pretty sure he didn't. Across, across his journey. Yeah. Can't remember, but uh, I don't recall him ever winning anything. No. Or figuring highly in the Brownlow. I always thought he was just one of those sort of handy players that, you know, would pop up and do a few good things. But any time we played whichever team he was playing for at the time, it's never. Yeah. I never, ever thought... I've got to tag him or somebody's going to have to yeah. line up on him. He's never a guy that I worried about. Uh, 2017, he won the North Best and Fairest. Oh, okay. So he won one good year, basically. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And good luck to him. It's uh, more Best and Fairest today, the one. Yeah. <laughs> But he is 32 now, so, uh, yes. yeah, it, it, it seems when you've got an old squad like they have in in the, uh, on the whole, anyway, why would they recruit another guy who's 32, which means that they're probably going to have to delist a young guy to make up or, or trade a young guy to, to make space for him? Yes. And if he's playing, and Cameron's playing, and Smith's playing, um, where do the kids go? Yeah. Because um, if they brought in two older players, three older players, and there's only 22 positions, that means that three of the current squad are going to have to drop out. Yeah. So the team that got them to the grand final, and all of a sudden they're going to be tapping people on the shoulder and say, unfortunately... Uh, you'll be running around the seconds this week. Yeah, exactly. And of course, they've still got um, Hawkins, who's getting on, and uh, yes. various other players that so are, would, are getting old. Yes. Um, so would Dangerfield. Yeah, yeah. Um, I saw Harry Taylor retired. Yeah. Yeah, there must be a few that are. And good luck to them. Uh, how old did Michael Tuck play too? Was he 37 or 39 or something? Uh, yeah, uh, 40? I think he was 40. And and he probably could have pulled the boots on and done a few more years. He was yeah. just a freak of nature. He's just um, fitness level must have been through the roof. Yeah, considering there wasn't much of him either. But, you no, know, he, he wasn't strongly built. But I, He was, but he wasn't muscly, you know, like a, no. a big, strong guy, but obviously his body was very fine-tuned. Yes. As skinny yes. as he Tough. looked. <laughs> Tough and wiry. Yeah. 
Uh, he, he was just a freak, though. There's no doubt in that. You see a, a lot of well-built players that they get to 30 and that's it. They, you know, the body just can't take it anymore. Yes, and, and especially with, like um, I used to love watching Dermot Verrett play because he just had had the strut. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, he knew it as well, but yeah. um, you know he would just tear football teams apart, and and then he. Did he go to Collingwood first and then Sydney or the other way around? I can't remember. Yeah. But, you know, he, he couldn't bend over to pick up the ball because his back was so stuffed. Yeah. It was just, uh, you know, playing centre-half forward and getting crunched all the time. Um, yes, it would affect some people a lot worse than others. Yeah. Because the, um, yeah, the toll it takes on, if you're a, a crash bang type of player like he was yes I mean yes. He, he was very skillful and everything but he also crashed you know through packs and and had no regard for his body and just sort of threw himself no. into a pack to take a mark and stuff no. eventually it takes like its toll Nick Rewald yeah he was saying he didn't care if he was going to fly to the ball or um, you know ball was kicked to him he just went at it and going I'm going to make it mine yeah that's why I was interested to see uh, the Swans reckon that Buddy Franklin is going to be back to his best next season. Well, well I might pick him to win the goal kicking because <laughs> one of the rules should be called Buddy Franklin rule that um, players on the mark, if they move off the mark in any direction, it's a 50 metre penalty. Oh my god. When Buddy Franklin gets the ball, he goes out on a big long curve to kick it. Yeah. How many players are going to stand there on the mark and not move instinctively to block where he's kicking from? That's it's ridiculous because, as you said, he does this big curve run. So if yes. you're standing there, say 50 metres yep. out or something, on the mark, yep. and you're going to stand yep. still... And he does this big curve, and he goes wider and wider. Yeah. You can't move. He can play on no. and and run in and, and kick a goal or something. He's he's run 15 metres closer to kick it. Yeah. And and you're standing back on the mark going, well, I can't move. Yeah, and and no one can come in close because then they're encroaching on the kicking space or whatever that stupid rule is that they they brought in, and yeah. and then it's just another 50 metre penalty. So I I reckon he'll kick close to 100 goals next year. <laughs> That's if he plays. I mean, That's if he plays. Yeah, yes. he has been injured a lot in the last couple of years. So. Did he play at all yeah. this year? I can't remember. Maybe uh, the first game. Maybe one or two, yeah. yeah. No, he was injured. Uh, I think he, he might be almost over. Has he got uh, two more years of his contract to run? Yeah. Uh, I just don't think he's going to play too often. Uh, I think his body's pretty much had it now. But well, it could be wrong, but well, if he gets fit and gets on the field, I reckon first game he kicks six at least by players moving off the mark, just because it's an instinctive thing to do. Yeah, I'm going to stop him from playing on. I'll go sideways with him. Fifty on the goal line. Uh, I see that's another one of those stupid rules that they bring in um, 
No idea why. I mean, how can you justify bringing it in? I mean, it's not like someone moving slightly to the side is is or has not impacting. You know, made a, a somebody lose a grand final or something. It's uh, uh. sometimes you see players like their teammates on the mark and they're running in for like to fill a hole. And then the player who's kicking the ball, they run out to the side, and and the player pretty much puts their hands up in the air, close to the head, to say, "I'm not, I'm not blocking you, I'm not blocking you." Yeah. And your commentator saying, "Oh, it's fifty. He's running to the." No, the player's moved off the line of the mark, yeah. which means that the area the guy was running through was clear until he moved off the mark. Um, I think it doesn't impede the guy. It's way to go. It doesn't. It's a few meter penalty. Yeah, it's it. I mean, the the AFL slash VFL does have a history of of <clears throat> of bringing in stupid rules. There's one yes one rule that I remember that was probably the, the worst decision I've ever seen. Um, it was Dan Rabin. Uh, it was Tony Lockett. Playing his first yep. game for the year against Adelaide, it was oh, shortly yes. before half time. He'd already kicked nine. He mm. took a mark, ran around straight away, and kicked a goal from almost the boundary line. But you know, yep. just snapped it over his shoulder, and and it went through for a goal. And the umpire brought him back because he wanted to line him up. Yes. Even though he'd <laughs> played on straight away, as he took the mark, he played on. The umpire said, "No, no." I've got to line you up because you're going to have a shot for goal. And then, so he had to have his shot again and he missed it. But he could have had 10 to half time, but... Uh, Sometimes um, you wonder whether they have a feel for the game. That, yeah. Um, they know the rules. They know how to um, umpire. But in a moment like that, you just go with playing. Yeah. No, I don't need to call you that. You've taken the mark, you played on, away you go. Yeah, um, and another example of that was um, uh, against the Bulldogs this season where Butler ran down a Bulldogs player who was running along bouncing the ball and yeah. Butler ran him down and, of course, in the desperation to tackle him, has got into his back and the umpire paid in yeah. the back. Yeah. Uh, now, surely that has to be holding the ball to get run the down from you, behind. The, the minute you take a bounce, yep. any sort of tackle is a uh, free kick. Exactly. It, it, yes. So he's gone, oh, well, he pushed him in the back, but the minute he laid hands on him, that should have been a, well, you've had a bounce, you've had the opportunity to kick or hand pass, you've yep. had a bounce, free kick. Exactly. I mean... If he hadn't had a bounce, yeah, I'd say, yeah, yeah, fair enough, free kick. But the fact that yes. he's had a bounce and was, you know, running along, bouncing the ball, as you said, that's a free kick. It has to be yeah. for holding the ball. Yes. Again, it's, uh, you know, feel for the game and, um, you know, do you pay a free kick or don't you? Or at the very least when the ball spilled out, Play on, but yep. not give a free to the person who's who's had the opportunity to get rid of the ball and they've chosen not to. Yeah, did you see uh, the 
goal of the year that Dacos kicked? No. Oh, maybe I did. Maybe I saw it when he kicked it. Yeah. Uh, my question I is, is it? did he drop the ball or throw the yes. ball? I, I thought Tim Embry should have been the goal of the year. Yeah. Where he's jumped in mid-air against Port, and yeah. as the guy's punching away, he's kicked it through. I thought that was by far above. Of course, I'm biased, but yeah. I thought that was, um, you know, that was, that was completely unexpected. No one knew that was going to happen. No one. The thing about the Dacos one is, if you think about it, he had the ball yep. and then threw it in front of him or yep. dropped it in front of him, whatever you want to call it. Now, personally, I'm fine with it being called a goal. Uh, I don't see anything wrong with what he did. But you're only supposed to have a disposal of the ball by a handball or a kick. You can't just yes. throw the ball in front of you. Now, if he'd been yep. tackled yep. and he threw the ball, that'd be throwing the ball or, or dropping the ball or something. Yes. So, okay, no one tackled him, but he did that, I think, to stay inside the boundary or something, sort of threw it yep. in front of him or something. That's an incorrect disposal. I don't understand why it wasn't uh, the umpire didn't pay the free kick. Think of the number of times you've watched games and someone's got tackled and... and no, they just let the ball go, and they say um, it was knocked out of his hands, yeah. or he had no prior, had no prior, or, or something. And I'm, I'm looking at it going, yeah, yeah, it's not a hand pass, it's not a kick, yeah, it's a free kick, and they, you know, it's like 20 or 30 metres out from goal, so then I was going, oh well, I can't give that as a free kick, yeah, yeah, it, it's in the middle of the ground, it's a free kick, yeah. Yeah, um, or it's, uh, you know, 20 minutes into the final quarter, I'm not going to blow my whistle anymore. Yes, yes, I let the game run. So so kicks that were free kicks 20 minutes before all of a sudden aren't, yes. What I also don't understand with, with holding the ball is, um, I can understand when a, a guy gets swamped as soon as he grabs it and has no prior. That's, that's fair enough, you know. Yes. Because otherwise you have people just sweating on people who go for the ball type thing. But there have been many times when somebody's had prior, but somebody's come along and done the perfect tackle and the umpire balls it up. Mm. And I think, yes, well, it was a perfect tackle. He couldn't get rid of it. So shouldn't that be rewarded? You, you would think. Yeah. Again, it's the feel for the game. Yeah. Um, is it a free kick? Yes, am I going to pay it? Uh, maybe. Not sure this time. Yeah. It, it might. I might pay for a kick. I may not. I might just come in and say I'll bounce it. Yeah. And so many times, I think the umpires are, are more intent on, you know, running backwards to the right position or you know circling yeah. around so they've got the right angles and all this sort of stuff that they miss out free kicks because. You know, they're, got to, they're trying to get in the right position so it all looks correct and stuff. But how many yeah. times have you seen a hand just slightly brush somebody's head mm. and it's a free kick every time? Yes. You know, it's, as you said before about, um, you know, feel for the game, you know, when it, 
it's just ridiculous that, that somebody can get absolutely clobbered and no mm. free kick, but if you just touch their head, oh, that's yes. high, that's free kick. It's, uh, it's frustrating. A couple of years ago, we played the draw against Greater Western Sydney, and they'd thrown uh, Carlisle forwards. Yep. And one of the last plays of the, the game, the ball got kicked to Carlisle. He's 20 metres out, and the GWS defender has his arm all over um, Carlisle's head, round his neck, and the umpire's paid no free kick. Yeah. And it's like any free kick, he's going to score something. We win the game. And and um, even more frustrating is the AFL do a review and say, no, correct decision was made. Yeah. Um, ask the general public, no, it wasn't, but the umpires will always, sorry, the, the AFL will all back, always back the umpires. Yeah. And they, they don't give you reasons either. They just say, no, the correct decision was made. But yeah. you know, they don't say, yeah. because of this or because of that. I mean, I remember that, the one you're talking about. And yes. the, the, they said, the only thing they said was that the umpire was sort of side on and hidden from view. But yeah. how many times have you heard other umpires blow the whistle yes. to... What were the other um, two umpires doing? Yeah, you know, because they see the free surely, kick and stuff. Yes, surely someone was looking down the ground and got the same view as the television did, which yep. was, it's a free kick. Yeah, I was at that game and um, yes. the I was sitting next to um, GWS supporters. I didn't know, they just happened to be sitting next to me. And after the siren went, all they could talk about was how lucky they were that the umpires were so stupid not to pay the free kick because yes. it was so obvious. Mm. And I think that was a yeah. case of we're down to the last few seconds, I'm putting mm. the whistle away, and that's it. I don't want to pay a free kick. Yeah. It'll look um, just a little um, sus. Yeah, don't want to be controversial or anything. So. No, no, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just let that play on. Yeah. And then they, the commentators on TV, because they, they've always got to back the AFL, they say, oh, good on the umpire for letting it go. No, if it's a free kick, you pay it. doesn't matter what time it is in the quarter or, or anything. If it's a free kick there, you pay it. That's it. Yeah. Yep. I know. Frustrating. Yeah. As you said, pay, pay none or pay them all. Yeah. Um, so long as you're consistent... That you know, if you've got seventy or eighty thousand Collingwood supporters all screaming ball, and it's free kick, pay it. Yeah. But if there's twenty thousand St Kilda players saying ball and it's free kick, pay that too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the um, the amount of support shouldn't come into your mind. You should just be watching it. If you see a free kick, whether or not it's there or not, doesn't matter. If you think you see I mean, it, you pay it. Unless you're West Coast. <laughs> yes. You get paid for kicks anywhere and everywhere. It yeah. just does not matter. Yeah, exactly. And the other free kick that they pay, of course, which is just totally ridiculous, is the uh, deliberately kicking the ball out of bounds. Oh, uh, you know, somebody Someone. picks up the ball and, and is being tackled and just throws it on the boot and it goes 
rolls out of bounds and the umpire pays deliberate. It's just... Uh, yeah. Uh, my favourites are the one that go forward 20, 30 metres and then they hit on the tip of the ball and go sideways 20 metres and the umpire says, oh, that's pretty Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, it's the bounce of the ball. Yeah. But uh, it was just unfortunate when out of bounds. So there's one... I, there's one... This year, I think, uh, I can't think of who the St Kilda player was. He, he picked up the ball, kicked it down to the forward line, and it rolled out of bounds, yeah. and the umpire paid deliberate. But uh, I remember Lee Montana, he kicked a fantastic ball, perfectly weighted, and the St Kilda player was probably, I don't know, two metres away from gathering the ball and kicking inside 50, but he didn't get there. And the umpire just said, yeah, that's deliberate. Yeah. You, you don't kick the ball 50 metres and pinpoint where you're kicking it. Exactly. And then go, yeah, I want that to go over the bounds. Yeah. But, you know, a, a metre or two the other way, it goes to the guy, we're in action. But, yeah, no, it's free kick. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, you know, people at AFL who are in charge of the umpires and stuff, it's like they have to justify their jobs by fiddling with the rules every few weeks and saying we're going to clamp down on this and then they let it go and then they clamp down on something else and it's like they're just ruining the game with all the you know, little niggly rules that they bring in that it, nobody wants to see them and we don't go to the game or watch the game to watch the umpires the best no. umpired games are, are ones when you don't even notice that they're there yes yeah good point that's true yeah. You've come away and and no one's complaining about any umpire decisions. That's the full umpire. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And, and look, got, there are always going to be decisions that you, when you're at the ground that you're going to say, oh, that wasn't a free kick and stuff. But how many times have you, even on watching on TV, where you say, oh, what a soft free kick, and they show the replay and you go, Ah, well, it was there. <laughs> yes, it wasn't so yes. soft after all. No, no, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, hopefully they'll have a draw out sometime soon. Yeah. Everything's been put back, I know, but you would like to think that um, now that we're starting, I think on Friday, the first um, cricket matches played between India and Australia. Oh, really? So uh, I think think it's a one-day game. Yeah. Yeah, it might be, uh, the might be going, well, good time to put a draw out just as cricket's coming out, take away a bit of their thunder. Yeah, that's probably why they're not doing it. Although they might be waiting to see what the uh, Victorian government is going to do about crowds and stuff. Uh, I think I read where they said that um, religious services can have up to 300 people. So, oh, um, that's that, 300 for a game, yeah. <laughs> it's a religious yeah. service, isn't it? Yes. Well, so if they're prepared to do that well, now and, and the season starts next, say, March, uh, what's that, December, January, February, March, say four months away. Yeah. Uh, if the... Vaccine that the US is pumping out, if they can get that into the community and, and it is efficient and works, then yeah, we might get back to crowds. 
Yeah. Or that might play it safe and say, you know, you can't have 50,000 at Marvel. We'll could have, say, 25 or 20 or something. Yeah, I imagine the first uh, few months at least, uh, each each gram will probably have a uh, a limit, maybe half half full or something like that. Yes. Yeah, I think so too. In which case, they might be able to charge a bomb for the seats. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, we're hoping yeah. the Saints can get to 50,000 supporters next year. That would be excellent. I did see um, George had put up a, a tally, and I think we were a couple of thousand behind this time last year in November. But um, when the season finished for us last year, we had quite a few more months of you know appealing to the fans. Yeah. Compared to this year, it's only been a month. So. Yeah, and also people are still, you know, a bit worried about what's going to happen and everything. I mean, yeah. it was great that I we got our, so many supporters yes. that that bought memberships this year, even after the season was pretty much written off for games in Victoria. I talk about. Um, yes. And they still bought memberships, which is great for the club. But, yes. you know, if that's going to happen again, there'll be a lot of people who will say, well, gee, I don't know if I can do that two years in a row. Yes, uh, I know our son said that he rang up about um, the Saints offer to upgrade for pledging the membership, and, and he was told that um, he, he could go and sit on level one at Marvel. So he, he was like a... You know, normal membership where you sat in level three, and so they've upgraded into oh, level one. But I think it's a first come, first served, so there's yeah. a limited number of seats. And if you want to be assured of a seat in level one, you need to get to the game early. Yeah, well, that's fair enough. Yeah, it's good that oh. they're doing some things to try convince people to sign up. I think so. Yes. Yes. Now, I have a what am I for you. A what am I? A what am I. Okay. Yep. So, here we go. All right. Uh, Something that happened to the St Kilda Football Club. It was called an inspired decision. All right. Inspired. Um, Yes. This is what it was called, an inspired decision. Um... There were government restrictions which uh, inhibited the Saints' ability to promote itself. Right. Hmm. More? Yep, more. Uh, One of the reasons for this inspired decision was uh, the inability to work with members of the community to um, get what the Saints wanted at the time. Was this move to Seaford? Absolutely. Yay! Good job. So, yes, an inspired decision is what our president called it. Right. 
Not for long, obviously. <laughs> the restriction, the Saints couldn't fly a Saints flag from the building. Oh, is that why, was it? Yes. Ah. The, the refusal to relocate the poker machines to a proposed social club, one of the councillors objected, and that's when they said, then we're out. Right. And, and that was 2011 with a 25-year lease and another 25 should we wish. It was and ridiculous, that, yeah. Um, since we moved back on March the 20th, 2018, um, we've been given a 25-year lease at Linton Street with the option of 25 more years and we've been given an 84% rent reduction. Wow. So instead of paying $500,000 a year, the Saints pay 80000 Wow. That's a big difference. Huge. Yes. Uh, look at the, uh, the faci- facilities that are going to be there for local teams and yes. uh, uh, the, the Dan- Danny Frawley uh, thing that they're going to build. The mental health, and mental health yeah, yeah. Um, Nick Rewalt said it literally tore the heart and soul out of the club to move to Seaford. Yeah. Well, I went down there for one of the, uh, you know, pre-season. Uh, uh, they play a practice game, and then you can, yes. uh, you know, get signatures and all that sort of stuff. And there was just no atmosphere. There's a, a decent crowd. But mm-hmm. it was, you know, like you could almost feel like you should be parking your car around the ground, you know, like you do it mm-hmm. in the country and bib your horn when you kick a goal. And it's just, uh, yeah. it's woeful. Yeah, I, I think I went out there once. Yeah. was lucky enough to see them train, but no, it was nothing like Marada. No. And hasn't the... Uh, the Saints membership uh, got behind them since they've moved back to Moorabbin. Yes. Yep. Closer to see the Saints play, uh, train. Um, yep. Having the women play matches there. Um, perhaps, hopefully, in the future they can have a reserves team playing from Moorabbin. Yep. Always used to love going, watching the thirds play, then the seconds, then the first. Yeah. And you'd be looking for the kids and going, oh, that one looks like a player. That, yeah. That's, yeah. You should be getting your game soon. And, of course, if you're really old like us, <laughs> you can <laughs> remember the days when the, the Little League actually had the same teams every week. Yes. Yeah. And you'd see and kids that, who'd star every week and you'd say, oh, he's going to be a player. Uh yeah. Yes, they did. And then they started doing this thing where it was, you know, different schools and stuff like that, which is great for the kids, but boring for everyone else. I, I'm sure I've told you this story, but I can remember um, taking my son to school one day, and uh, um, I, I hung around for the assembly, and um, the teacher stood up front and said. Um, the year sixes, so that's speeches, and um, we're choosing the school's captains, who are great people when they come to school, and um, you know, be involved in 
uh, discussions between students and the staff and things that they want to see. And she said, and the winners are? And we went, oh, no, sorry, sorry, no, no. Um, um, if, if I'm calling these students the winners, then me, that means the other students are the look, look, um, yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm trying so hard not to laugh. <laughs> I'm thinking, the kids know who the winners are. Yeah. They know these kids are the better kids and, and they've won on their merit. And that the other ones who've tried, good job, but you didn't win this time. Yeah. But she could not say... These are the winners because uh, the other kids would be the losers. Yeah, it's so stupid because oh. the, and, and kids, even that age, kids aren't dumb and they, oh, they know that sort I, of stuff. 30, 40 years ago, I can remember Ian Chappell saying that um, the reason the Australian cricket team was so bad was because of the teachers at schools. And I thought, hang on, what? What? Doing what? <laughs> and he said it was because... Um, when the teachers got the kids fine, um, he'll say to uh, Timmy, okay, you've had a good bat, you need to uh, give the bat up, and Jimmy, you come up, and it's your turn to bat. And he said, Jimmy's never going to play cricket for Australia. When he played cricket, it was, you get me out, and that's when I'm out. And he said, because the teachers aren't letting the kids bat when they're obviously good at batting, he said, they're going to go to basketball. Well, basketball will say, it's yours. You're going to bounce the ball up and down the court and score goals. Fantastic. Good yeah. job. So, uh, yeah, and I thought, yeah, maybe he's right. Yeah. But there are times when, when um, instead of just letting the kids sort it out, we, we step in and say, no, it's yours. Yeah, exactly. And, of course, going forward, uh, you can imagine, as is happening around the world in places like England and, and other countries, uh, you know, people aren't having backyards anymore. So a lot no. of kids who learn to play cricket in the backyard and also football yeah. in the backyard, uh, suddenly their backyard's about the size of a postage stamp and they're inside playing on their Xbox or PlayStation. Yes, yes. I read I, I a comment that the New York schools have closed down because of the COVID um, virus. And uh, a parent said that um, her kids had um, gone to remote learning and she said she was really disappointed. She came home and her uh, son, who was supposed to be on the computer doing remote learning, was uh, playing an online shoot-em-up game. (laughs) uh, I think her... Her anger wasn't directed at the sun, it was at the school because the school wasn't open and the programs. And I'm thinking, I'm fairly certain your son turned the game over. I don't think the school said, you finish now, off you go, find a shoot 'em up game, start killing people. Exactly. In fact, the the school or the teacher or whoever is in charge probably thinks that the student is still there. Yes. Yes. If they just shrink oh. that screen down to size and start playing games. I mean, yes. it's not like a lot of parents that work on computers haven't been doing it all their lives at work, where they just yes. you know, hit the space button to make the, the game go away and the spreadsheet come up whenever the boss comes around. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, it wasn't like um, when Supercoach first started, there were businesses that were saying you can't play during the recess of months, like you can't mm. play during your break time or lunch time. That's not a problem. But when you're supposed to be working, you work. You don't just, you know, start picking the Supercoach team. Yeah. But I have I had friends that were, you know, working with computers, and I know that they on usually on Fridays they would spend hours at work doing their super coach team because they yes. could. But how many parents who are complaining about remote learning have said to the kids, "Here's your iPad, leave me alone," yeah. you know? Yeah. Go and play something. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, remote learning is terrible. <laughs> yeah. Go, go and do your homework on your computer, but then don't go yes. and see what they're doing. Yes. Yes. Yes, yeah, indeed. Yeah. Do you have a question before, for me before we go, Peter? Uh, no, I uh, was That's expecting okay. to do... I was thinking about doing a, a real proper quiz for this week, but oh, yes. as usual, my laziness got the better of me. <laughs> I've been <laughs> putting it off laziness. and putting it off, and... Uh, Yep. And then I didn't end up doing it. So when we, hopefully, when we do the draft, when is the draft? Do you know? Yes. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, mm. It's because everything's weeks, put back. Yeah. Um, yeah. So normally it would be held end of November. Yeah. So it might be beginning of December. All oh, right. Okay. So given that we only have a few picks anyway. Uh, yes. To make the podcast fill out a bit, I might have to come up with some <laughs> questions. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Because uh, otherwise we're going to be, uh, well, we've drafted these people. Oh, we'll see you later. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's it. We're done. <laughs> yep. So, uh, yeah, I will I will try and get some questions. And uh, I have actually got a few ideas to, um, for questions. It's just, as I said, my laziness got the better of me this week. So... Uh, that's not a problem. Uh, I will do that, though. Um, I will send you an email and we'll get our uh, reading podcast up. I noticed you posted about Jerry Seinfeld's book. Oh, yes. Yeah, very, yeah. very funny. If you if you like Seinfeld, um, you'll love the book. And I am reading about Muhammad Ali. And, oh. Uh, as a kid, young teenager, watching fight was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. I didn't realise just how political it was when you decided to follow Islam. Yes. The laws of Islam. I did not know just how political it was. Did you see the documentary, I think it's called When We Were Kings? Oh, I can't recall. It was uh, the fight between Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier in somewhere in Africa. No. I you, have not seen it. You've got to see that. That is probably the best boxing documentary I've ever, ever seen. Really yes. interesting. And the really interesting uh, just about all the stuff around them, not the actual fight, but the, the build-up and uh, the way that he was seen, became a hero to the the... I can't remember what country it was in. It was in Africa, but I can't remember which country oh, it was yeah. Yeah, I think it was actually. Yeah, and uh, is this still there though? Has it changed? I don't know. I don't look at the map of Africa very often. <laughs> but he no. was he was seen as a hero, and Joe Frazier turned up with his uh, uh, 
German Shepherds, his pet German Shepherds. Well, unfortunately yep. for him, the uh, the nasty police over there used German Shepherds, oh. and so yes. all the people hated him because of it. And it's, it's a really interesting documentary. I'll, I'll put that on a to watch list. Then. Yeah, it's a couple of years old now, probably about five years oh. old. Well, it's still good. Yeah, uh, I will send you a, an email in the next day or two, and um, we'll put in some ideas of what we think would be a good podcast for promoting reading. Yes, good idea. I think that's good. Yes, thank you, Peter. Thank you, Neil, and have a good couple days and we'll talk again soon absolutely enjoyed it thanks peter okay go saints go saints bye bye oh when the saints